Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast that discusses faith, family, fitness, finances, and future possibility. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon is going to join us as we have a conversation with firefighter and Army veteran Ryan Maines. Ryan Maines in 2020 ran a 130-kilometer ultra marathon to raise awareness for PTSD among firefighters. Why? Because it's a struggle he himself is facing as he goes out day and night to keep his community safe from fire, from medical emergencies, and so on. It has taken a toll on him. He's not alone. In fact, PTSD runs rampant among firefighters where they are actually five times more likely to commit suicide or think about suicide than our civilian non-firefighter counterparts. So we're here to talk about Ryan's story, his struggle, his triumphs, and his efforts to raise awareness to end the stigma of PTSD among firefighters. So sit back and relax, and let's listen to this conversation with Ryan Maines as he raises awareness of PTSD among firefighters and why he ran 130 kilometers for his cause, Run For Our Lives. Here we go. All right, Brandon, put the taco down and uh, get to the mic, please. Wait, there's tacos? No, there isn't, but, well, there will be, but... Uh, that's for Emma and I. Oh. Yeah. My baby girl. She, um, I don't know if I told you, but this is like the 10th anniversary of One Direction, which is that other boy band. But I actually throw a big party for that every year. So, yeah. You celebrated the I'm 10th anniversary of One Direction for the last 10 years? One Direction fan club for <laughs> South it. Texas. So, so, yeah. so, Bridget Jones' Diary Trilogy is your thing. Uh, Renee Zellweger and One Direction. Absolutely. Yeah. To me, One Direction is probably the best rock and roll band ever you're killing me Spons. in the history of the world <laughs> not even a real fan <laughs> led zeppelin i'll put how, it how do i turn on your microphone anybody. on this thing i'm, I'm just <laughs> turning your mic off here now um but anyway yeah em and i've got a, a father-daughter date to watch some special documentary about them and eat tacos so that's what we're doing uh, cool. but that's not why we're on this episode um i invited a good friend of mine um i served with him in operation iraqi freedom uh when i was stationed at fort benning and, uh, you know, he, when he got out of the army, he became a firefighter and is doing a lot of great work around raising awareness for PTSD among firefighters. And uh, I was like, you know, we got to have him on because this is a powerful story. I know a backpacker who is, has struggled with this in the past. And, and one of the things he had shared with me was how important it is for more people to be aware of uh, what firefighters are going through. And I was like, hey, Ryan, what are you doing next Sunday or Saturday? Today's Saturday. Wow, what's wrong with me? Anyway, uh, Ryan, uh, who's calling in from uh, Illinois, out of Woodstock, if I remember correctly. How are you doing, Ryan? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Heck yeah. This is really strange because the research I did was Ryan was born in White Rock, British Columbia, Canada, but he also uh, directed the film Golfing God and was awarded Best Feature Comedy at the Eugene International Film Festival. <laughs> Wow. That must be my alter ego. So <laughs> Google let me down apparently. Oh man. This is why you're not in charge of research. Just, just, oh, man. <laughs> uh, but Brendan loves doing that. I didn't he'll, see that movie, but I uh, hear it's oh, really man. good. <laughs> what blows my mind is that 
with every guest we have, you find some random movie that was directed by the by a person of the same name. I don't I don't know how you pull that off, except for Ben. From That's a gift. Yeah. yeah, it's a gift. Uh, just just amazing. Uh, but uh, Ryan, thank you uh, for jumping on here with us. Um, you know, again, you know, our time goes back to two thousand one, really after nine eleven. Uh, I just quick story of how I I got to know Ryan. Uh, so. I was, thought you were going to tell a quick story about 9-11. I was like, oh, no, I think people have heard yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, but How I Met Ryan is the story here. I like that's that a, movie, too, uh, How I Met Ryan. <laughs> Directed by Ryan Maines. <laughs> uh, oh, man. So anyway, uh, yeah, so 2001, 9-11 had happened. Uh, uh, Liv and I were dating at the time. She got out of the Army. Uh, while I was on leave transferring to Fort Benning, I go um, – basically chase live down we get married but now a month after all this i have to go report for duty at fort benning georgia with third brigade third infantry division uh, specifically first battalion 10th field artillery and i know nobody there i've got to go ahead of my family now because now i have a family and we don't have orders for her to come with so i got to go first and set all this up and this is like right around christmas time like right before christmas so it's the the holiday exodus like hardly anybody's there Yet I got to report for duty. I've got to go to physical fitness training. And again, no, I have no clue who's who. And um, yeah, two guys kind of take me in. It turns out they're from my section and they guide me through everything I need to do to get settled. And Ryan is one of those guys. Five Are you one of those guys? Yeah, it was you and wow, uh, cool. Giannis. Yeah, you and Art were the two guys who took me in and um, – and you learned very quickly what a horrible runner I am. <laughs> and, um, but you didn't judge me. That was the cool thing. We've you, done a few 5Ks, so I know yeah. how bad a runner he is, too. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, the first few, like all of them, I was walking. Yeah. Yeah, it's not until this year I can finally run a 5K. Yeah. But um, so I, I share all that, though, because uh, even then uh, in 2001, uh, Ryan, I don't, you were probably, what, 20-ish, 21? Uh, I was 21. Yeah. And already the leadership skills were there. Like he wasn't officially in charge of the squad or anything. He was just, he saw, we got a new guy. Let me take him under our wing. Cause that's what we do. And, and got me settled in and uh, just has that natural charisma and leadership about him. Um, also takes a very strong stance that uh, the Beatles were the original boy band. And no, no, they were oh, not. No. <laughs> that was, that was, that was somebody else's stance. Oh, I, that's right. That, that was, was one line in the sand. Those are fighting words. <laughs> um, Ryan hung up. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll see you guys. Uh, so anyway, I bring that up on Facebook once in a while just to get them riled up. And uh, <laughs> Kramer will jump in once in a while and, and add fuel to the fire. Uh, but yeah, it, you know, you've done a lot. You, you got out of the army, you became a firefighter and, um, you know, we've, we've stayed in contact all these years. And the thing that really drew me to, to say, hey, we got to have Ryan on the show is, is the work you've been doing to raise awareness around PTSD in the last uh, few months that actually have caught my attention. You've probably been doing this fight for longer than that. Um, and, you know, I don't even know how to segue into the first question around this, but if you just want to kind of kick it off and, and take the lead there, we'll I just think have a it would be something that. like, do you feel the same way about Jerry that he feels about you? And <laughs> is this a love connection? I mean, <laughs> uh, me. I think that uh, the love was there instantly, which is why I took him under my wing. Ah. Um, you know, I saw something in him immediately. Um, this guy yeah, needs so, help. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this, this story kind of all starts for me. Um, around March of last year, March of 
2019, um, I, uh, I, I kind of went into what I consider crisis mode, um, with my own PTSD. And, uh, it was at that point, a diagnosis that I had had for roughly four to five years, but was in a hardcore case of denial. Um, say things like, um, you know, that's, that's not me. I, you know, that's for guys that were in Vietnam or, you know, those are, that's for guys in a major city running hundreds of ambulance calls a day. You know, I don't have that. That's, that's wrong. You're wrong. People expletives sprinkled in there to my therapist about how wrong she is. And, you know, um, but that denial kind of allowed me to get to that point where, um, where I actually was in crisis mode. Um, and my wife was the one that kind of caught on to it, um, becoming more reclusive and, uh, calling off work, um, a lot more frequently and, uh, you know, real lethargic and, and, and things of that nature. Um, so she started making some phone calls. There's this, uh, an organization in Illinois. It's called the Illinois firefighter peer support group. And they're basically designed to help firefighters that are having problems um, with their mental health or with um, basically anything um, just in their lives. And they're there to um, be someone to talk to or shoulder to cry on um, a go between to help get, um, get help set up. Um, so my wife reached out to them and, uh, and they, it's not hyperbole to say that they quite literally saved my life. Um, I, didn't admit it at the time, but I was having suicidal ideation. And uh, it was just like one of those things where I, I felt like at the point where I was, um, I was too burdensome to, uh, to everyone. Excuse me, sip of water. Um, so that's kind of where I was, where I was spiraling down to. Um, fortunately I have an amazing support system in my family and my wife was able to recognize it and, um, kind of intervene. And I got, uh, set up with, um, a facility in Maryland and it's called the center of excellence and it's exclusively for firefighters, um, that are struggling with addiction and or mental health. And it was very appealing to me because, I didn't, it made me feel less alone knowing that there were other, um, other firefighters because at this point I'm still very, very much have a self stigma about this. I didn't want anybody to know what I was going through. Um, I didn't want, I didn't want to tell anyone, you know, this was like my, my dirty little secret that I was trying to keep from the world because while I openly spoke and the stigma, you know, um, mental health matters until it actually affected me. I didn't realize that I, I truly did have a stigma about it. Um, so going to a place where I knew people would have somewhat similar stories um, helped me kind of accept what was happening and, and, um, and be a little bit more okay with it and helped me open up more about it and sitting and listening to the stories of the others um, made it easier for me to share and, so that's kind of where this all started. Um, I came back from the center after, uh, 30 days inpatient treatment there and, uh, and started going back to work. And I, I made a point to go around and talk to 
all of the crews individually because I wanted everyone to know kind of what I had been through um, and because I thought it would help me to just talk about it instead of, you know, I was concerned that it'd be, you know, whispers in the shadows as I walked by kind of thing. And I just, I just wanted to get the air open. Hey, everybody, this is what I went through. This is where I'm at with it. Let's have a conversation. And what started to happen um, was after I'd had those conversations with the crews, one or two guys would pull me aside afterwards. Hey, thanks for sharing this. I've been dealing with this. And, you know, it, almost every single crew that I talked to, at least one person would do that. And that's like when the light bulb went off for me, I need to talk about this. I need to, I need, people need to hear this. There are so many people that are dealing with this that don't feel like they have um, uh, an avenue to, to talk to people. So the more I talk about this, the more people are going to feel comfortable talking about it. And whether that's openly and publicly like I have been, or, or simply just a, you know, a direct message. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with this and I appreciate you sharing. Um, it's been really powerful. And, uh, so I, I kind of feel like the more I share, um, it's mutually beneficial in that it's, it's very therapeutic for me, um, to get my story out, but it's, it's also helping other people. Um, so that's kind of where all this started. Yeah, I think a lot of people take for granted that, you know, working as a firefighter, is not just posing for calendars and <laughs> taking cadence out of trees. Like yeah. you, you see some really gruesome things, um, all kinds of things. And, you know, this is, you know, just part of an average shift kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reasons why I definitely wanted to have you on, uh, is because I'm part of a backpacking group and, um, one of the, the folks in the moderation group, you know, he is a firefighter and he had shared with me a, I'm not going to give his name out or anything, but just Mike. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, it, but he, I had just met the guy on this camping trip and he's sharing with me, you know, his struggle with PTSD and, and um, his particular department was a smaller department, but it overall had this like stigma uh, type of view over PTSD and, and the firefighters who struggle with it, where there was already an established culture that if you have it, we let you go. Yeah, because we don't have time. It's easier. To, yeah, it's just easier to let you go and let you deal with your problem while we we keep our group intact and healthy. And here's this you know firefighter who's been in that department for years now, struggling with it in a big way, and he doesn't want to tell anybody because there's a long history of if you've got it, we let you go, and they just let a guy go. Yeah, like it's weeks prior, and mm-hmm. so yeah, he doesn't know what to do, but he's having a conversation with his fire captain and he, he blurts something out. That's very uncharacteristic for himself. And this was like a big turning point, not just for him, but for that whole department was he and that captain, I guess had been friends for decades and, and worked together for a long time. And, and the captain immediately recognized that's not him. Yep. Something's going on. And he had a conversation with the guy offline away from everybody else away from where, you know, anything could get heated and, uh, that's when the captain realized that, you know, uh, this firefighter was also struggling in the same way. Um, but they just happened to have gotten a new fire chief and the captain said, you know, I, I need to bring him in cause we need to get more help for you. And turns out this fire chief had just earned a, gar- a graduate degree in, I don't know if it's not in firefighting, but it, it was along the lines of uh, leading 
uh, public public health or public administration, but his thesis was around um, increasing help for firefighters around PTSD. And I was just lucky. I mean, just lucky that this new guy came in, he, he sees the need, he knows there's a need and he just happened to be one of the leading authorities on it and, and got help. And, and so anyway, um, the work you're doing is, is huge to, to also raise that awareness. Um, and you, you recently did an event called run for our lives. Can you tell us more about that? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use CapShow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Yeah, um, so sometime between uh, getting back from the center and uh, in May, and I think it, this probably all started, uh, the planning phases probably started in July and August, the uh, the thought came back to me that I need to somehow pay back um, what what the Illinois Firefighter Peer Support did for me. Um, and I'm a runner by nature. So uh, the idea popped into my head that I'm going to do a fundraiser for Illinois Firefighter Peer Support. And I think I'm going to run, a, I think I'm going to run a kilometer for every firefighter that dies by suicide. And so that's kind of where it was born. And um, it evolved from um, just me doing it to we turned it into uh, a virtual event. Um, the timing was, uh, was uncanny in that we started this virtual event before COVID-19 shut the world down. Um, so we were kind of, I don't mean to brag, but we were, we were doing virtual runs before it was cool. Um, <laughs> yes. I was going to say, I've done a number of those since. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't, they're, they're I'd never done one rage. before either. Yeah. Um, so we set that up and uh, between that and different sponsorships, um, I was able to, uh, we were, we, excuse me, we were able to raise um, just shy of $20,000 for the Illinois firefighter peer support group, which is completely um, funded by donations. So uh, I was, I was ecstatic about it um, when uh, when I sat down with the committee uh, that I put together to kind of talk this thing out. I thought, you know, let's shoot for $5,000. It sounds big, but I think we can do it. And they all kind of talked me into 10000 10000 is the number you need to go for. And we eclipsed that within a month of, of opening our event. So it was, uh, I think it was a combination of uh, an easy cause to get behind. And the community just kind of needing something good to to root for, um, so it was uh, it was kind of serendipitous in the timing. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing it on Facebook when you were, I think you were wrapping up the the last mile or so, and there's a video clip on on your wall for that, and in the in the Facebook group that uh, is raising awareness on this, and and it just blew my mind. I was and it. it 
it wasn't a small number of the distance you ran either. What was the total distance that you wound up? Uh, it ended up being um, 80.7 miles. Yeah. So what made you do a kilometer instead of uh, a mile for every? <laughs> if, if I'm being honest, um, I didn't know if I could do a mile for everyone. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know what the number was going to be, but I knew it was going to be over a hundred. Um, last year was an unfortunate, uh, unfortunately high year. It's typically between 110 and 115 mm-hmm. uh, firefighters that die by suicide, uh, firefighters and, and EMS personnel that die by across, suicide. Across the U.S. Um, or just in Illinois? Across, yeah, across the country. Oh, still, it's a big um, number. Yeah, It is. It is. Yeah. Like one every three days. Um, and uh, unfortunately, um, well, I shouldn't say unfortunately, the fire service is steep in tradition. Um, but that also comes with some bad traditions and historically we don't do a real great job with mental health. Um, firefighters tend to internalize things and, uh, you know, we're a lot of alpha personalities and don't accept help very easily. So we, we turn to maladaptive coping mechanisms and, um, and that leads us down bad paths. Uh, but there is a there's a trend now that's starting to turn just as you said that that chief of your of your friend um people are becoming more aware of this and it's becoming more acceptable to talk about and um the uh the fire union opening up that center in maryland i think was a huge step in the right direction um because it it makes it nationally recognized you know it's not just a little corner of the country that's starting to get behind this it's you can come from anywhere in the country to get help. And that's, I think, huge. Yeah. Yeah. The good news is that there's this place in Maryland that is set up just for this. The bad news is you got to go all the way to Maryland to, yeah. to but get they help. They have good crab like cakes. So you're killing me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the, the food wasn't bad, but you, uh, you weren't really uh, allowed off campus very often. Like well, it was like a once a week day trip. Well, I think what's important about what you're doing too is it's, you know, we talk a lot about raising awareness, but from a, from a male standpoint and a firefighter is kind of that, you know, alpha male and, and we want them to be that way. And we love that, but we also need the ability to say, Hey, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm not doing okay yeah. at home or, you know, with my kids or my job or whatever it is. And we, we're trying to take that stigma away where you can raise your hand and just say, you know, I don't have this. I, you know, I, I always make the analogy. If you're carrying something, I'm usually like, Oh man, I'm about to drop this, but you don't want to be the one that says you can't keep going. And we need to change that mentality to be able to go, you know what? I need a break. I I'm, I know you think everything's perfect in my life, but, and I don't want to go into everything, but I feel like it's all about to cave in on me. And if we don't open that opportunity, we're going to continue to have the level of suicide that we do now because it seems like the easiest answer. And uh, my brother committed suicide a little over 15 years ago, but uh, digging into it and learning about what causes it and the thought process and those kind of things, the main kind of determining factor is a sense of hopelessness. There's not anybody I could say, hey, Jerry, I need you to come to my house right now and, you know, and get that help that we need. And we got to be that. And I I love what you're doing because you're trying to be that at the same time, raise awareness that we all need to be that. 
if somebody calls yeah. ask, we got to move. I think there needs to be a shift in definition of strength because we typically look at someone that's strong as the person that can shoulder the, the world's troubles. But I, I tend to think the person that's strong is the one that can acknowledge that they do need help and, and to be vulnerable. There's strength and vulnerability, and that's oh, yeah. hard to admit. It took me several months, um, <laughs> and I still wrestle with it sometimes, to be, to be quite frank. Um, oh, yeah. But it, it's true. There's, there's a strength to showing your weakness to everyone. Yeah, and it, it's very easy to to not ask, where it's very hard to just get past that point of, "Hey, I need a little help over here." Yeah, and accepting it, being okay with saying yes when someone offers it—that was also a struggle for for me. Right. I talk a lot about uh, when somebody offers help and you say no, you're really turning down their opportunity to bless you. You know, it's easy to say, oh, no, I got this. Don't worry about it. You know, and I know you got things going on in your life. So uh, you coming over to help me is a burden and I don't want to be that burden. But you're taking away their opportunity to really bless your life and and to experience something with you as, just as much as, you know, when we give somebody money or help or just do something for them, how good we feel. We're taking that away from them. But yeah, that's a good way to look yes. at it. Yeah, that's good. I like that. And I'm the I'm totally being a hypocrite here because there's still things in my life that I'm like, oh no, I got this, you know. But as I'm getting older and I'm in really good shape and physically capable of doing things, but there's a, a planner that we have at our house that I need to move, and there's just no way for me to move it myself. So I have, fortunately, I have four sons, so I can always ask one of them to come help me, but asking them is is weird because you're like, I'm the dad and I need you to come help me move something. But they enjoy doing things for me because it's like, oh, my dad's asking me to do something. That's kind of cool. And it can't be too much or too hot. They'll complain about it. But, <laughs> uh, you know, just knowing I could probably do it, but I'd probably be at the chiropractor for a week and and feeling bad for a week. Or I could just ask for help. And there's no shame in that. That's true strength to say, I need men around me to help me move forward in whatever that is. Yeah, definitely. So how did you get into running? You said you've been a runner for a really long time or? or Uh, Yeah, I uh, actually, it's funny. I hated running until the army and (laughs) then I just kind of learned to deal with it and kind of started to like it a little bit and just kept doing it after I got back. It was mostly... I would mostly do 5Ks and then occasional 10K. Uh, and then I had a friend invite me to go run um, in a forest preserve nearby that has a pretty expansive trail system. Um, and the group that runs there run ultra marathons. So I started running with them occasionally and just slowly but surely the bug bit. And uh, I started running ultra marathons. I haven't looked back. Oh man, we've had another guest who runs those uh, way back, Davidson yeah. Young. Ultra marathon people are just the strangest people on the planet. I love to run. It's true. That's another <laughs> level of weird people. I'm like, really? 20 miles? I think, 30 miles? 50 miles? Okay. It's because you and I have a short attention span. Exactly. And, you know, I can't even just fathom it. By the end of a 5K, I'm like, my mind is on like lunch yeah. and tomorrow's breakfast. And, oh, look at that. That's a cool looking car. And yeah. I don't even like cars. But Let's stop. 
up here. Um, okay. Like, hey, when when we get cloud coverage, that's pretty cool. And it's like, are we done with this run yet? I'm kind of I'm kind of tired of this. Like, like my body's fine, but my mind is. One like, of my favorite things about ultra running is there's snacks. Yeah, there's snacks at every race, <laughs> wait, and you're wait. encouraged to bring your own snacks. So I mean, yeah. that really meet Mary's two of my favorite things in running and snacks. So yeah. well, it's like the perfect marriage. This kind of changes things for me. I might, I might there be into this. Let's, uh, at <laughs> I least tell people all the time. The biggest reason I run is because I want to be able to eat whatever I want to eat. And <laughs> mm-hmm. by running, I can justify some of the junk that I eat sometimes, <laughs> but you know, oh, so could. tell us a little bit about the 130 kilometer. Like how long did that take you? What, what was kind of the, the thing that you thought was going to happen that didn't happen or maybe how you yeah. felt about it when you were done. Yeah, definitely. Um, it took me, uh, I think a shade over 21 hours. Um, my hope was that I was going to be able to finish it around 19, but that's not how it played out. Um, it really went fairly smooth, um, in regards to, uh, my, like physical shape. Um, I didn't really break down. Uh, and that's kind of, I think what hurt me was that in my head, I was expecting like this catastrophic meltdown at some point that I would have to like steal myself to break through and then it'd be smooth sailing again. But that's not how it happened at all. Um, it just kind of crept in so slowly and seductively that I didn't notice that I was walking way more than I should have. And, you know, I just, like uh, the angel and devil on my shoulders, the devil kept whispering, uh, you know, you can walk this mile. This is totally fine. Just keep going. And uh, it, the last 20 miles took me a lot longer than it should have. Um, first 60 went pretty smooth though. It was uh, one of the things that I found early on. I started it at midnight. So it was dark and um, the trail that I run on is, is, covered with woods uh, on either side and it was pretty boring and I kept finding myself thinking about points ahead of me in the trail because I had trained on that trail system for the whole um, build up to it so I knew it fairly well and I would think things like well I should be to this fountain by now why am I not at this fountain and then I I could feel like it's starting to put me in like this dark place because I'm I'm not where I think I should be and once I caught myself doing that, I was able to just stay in the mile that I was in and be kind of present with it. And you've got a lot of time to think while you're running this long. So I kind of I related it to my life in that um, I need to be present. You know, you've got something on the horizon that you're focusing on. You're missing everything that's happening right now. And so that's kind of been one of my one of my mantras is, um, is just being as present as I possibly can and, uh, and focusing on today. Now, that to me is the hardest part about running is just being present, enjoying it. And, uh, I like to listen to podcasts and stuff like that, but I also like, especially trail running, you can just really get caught up in your own mind and, mm-hmm. and be present there, but you can start worrying about the miles and time and stuff like that. Uh, so once you finish the whole 21 hours, how long did it take you to get back to the point where you felt comfortable again? Um, surprisingly, not as long as I thought it would. Um, that night was pretty rough. The next day was pretty rough. I woke up um, 
so the run was a Friday into Saturday. I woke up Monday morning and like kind of braced myself to get up out of bed expecting pain and there wasn't any. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went out in the yard and kind of jogged around a little bit and uh, went for a few walks and I ran five miles the next day. I felt, I felt pretty good. Wow. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I th- that probably means I should have pushed myself harder. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that pace up. Come on. Yeah. 21 that's hours. Some, that's some army thinking right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. If it didn't kill me, then I should have done it harder. You know? Exactly. So what's next for you? What what kind of thing do you have coming up that uh, you want people to know about or you're just really passionate about that you want to tackle next? Um, well, I, we're about getting, it's hard to believe we're about getting to the point where I need to start planning for run for our lives. Um, volume two, oh, wow. uh, I, I intend on, on doing it again. It was such a, such a success. Um, and I, I'm toying with the idea of going to miles this year. Uh, nothing official. Um, <laughs> we're, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, I'm still kicking that one around. Um, but uh yeah that's probably going to be the next the next big thing i'm doing a virtual run right now um but uh there's no good cause behind that it's just to uh feed my own ego um <laughs> that's good too but yeah yeah um but yeah so run for our lives 2020 um or excuse me 2021 um will uh the planning will probably be starting in earnest uh, mid august or uh probably late august at the at the latest Awesome. Well, uh, we'll definitely have to make sure that's in the show notes, but uh, mm-hmm. maybe we'll participate in some way. I don't know about a hundred plus miles, but if we get like a whole month to do it, we could pull that off. That wouldn't yeah. be that big a deal, but uh, <laughs> we'll definitely put that in the show notes. If people want to get a hold of you and maybe support your cause or just learn more about you or have you come speak, uh, what's the best way to do that? Um, we have a Facebook page. It's Run for Our Lives. Uh, we we have a Instagram page as well. Uh, same same name. Uh, we don't currently have a website. That's something we're working on. Um, so either of those, the Facebook group or uh, or the um, the Instagram page, uh, we're both uh, pretty react or we're pretty reactive to both. Okay, great. If people want to just stop by and say hi, what's your home address that don't maybe they can don't just knock on the door? <laughs> don't do it, Ryan. No one's done it yet. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, I'm in Huntley, Illinois. If they're in Huntley, Illinois, um, shoot me a message and I'm, I'm always down for coffee. There oh, you go. Man. So you got to introduce yourself. Don't just show up at people's front door. I learned that lesson. Renee Zellweger taught me that. Oh, now the there's restraining orders, order. and you know, yeah. Now I know. I I didn't know. Uh, probably. You know what? Uh, my son Jacob. You probably last saw him when he was like a baby. Uh, he's like, <laughs> yeah. Like, he's yeah. He's gonna be 19 <laughs> in like 19 days. Holy moly! Uh, anyway, he was in uh, Chicago, the Chicago area, uh, just about a month ago. Wow, oh, very nice. Yeah. There's a too, there's a pandemic. What's too late to tell him now, but he should have giving you a call and, and yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, now's shop. the time to be in Chicago. You don't want to be in here in uh, December through <laughs> yeah. April. Yeah, man. I've been there in June and went to a baseball game. I went to a Cubs game and it was cold and, and it's like you leave South Texas. It's like 90 and that night at the game, everybody's got jackets. Well, not the people from Chicago, but all the out of <laughs> we got jackets on. 
Uh, I can imagine that. You're from Texas, aren't you? Yeah. The real I, Chicago people are in shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> like, this is summer. You're wearing four parkas. That's how we yeah. can tell. Oh, man, Ryan. It, it's been a pleasure to get to connect with you and uh, have you on here has been an honor and to share this um, message and the the work you're doing to raise awareness is just huge. So, well, thank you. I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to uh, kind of champion my cause. And um, I, uh, I, yeah, thank you. I can't thank you enough. Yeah, absolutely. We love what you're doing. And uh, hopefully uh, with a lot of success, you will be running less miles every year that that number mm-hmm. will go down. That Here's would hoping. even be better that, you know, you run no miles. We just yeah. stop yeah. this thing. I'd be okay with that. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, anything we can do to support you though, we're going to do. And uh, we're going to uh, just put all that in the show notes. If you want to get behind that, or, you know, a firefighter or first responder that uh, could use this uh, just, just the message getting in to uh, your firehouse or your group is important. So reach out, get in touch with Ryan and see how maybe you could help save a life literally by just making a connection. You could really help somebody start that conversation. So uh, be sure and check out the show notes, get in touch with Ryan and find out how you can help and get involved. If you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 230. There you'll find a link to the Facebook group page, Run For Our Lives, as well as the Illinois Firefighter Support Group website that Ryan mentions in this conversation. Also, we'll have some other resources available to you that talk about PTSD among first responders, rates of suicide, rates of depression, and so on. Now, we're so glad that you joined us this week, and the best way you can show your support for us is to share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. You probably know a firefighter. Maybe they want to share this with their fellow firefighters. Do that. Raise awareness. Get this message out there so that others can end the stigma of PTSD among firefighters. Now, with that said, until next week, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.